The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. If you're loving this podcast, we invite you to go deeper and partner with us in our work by joining the Gravity Commons, our online community of practice for connecting and learning together. As a member of the Gravity Commons, you get access to live podcast recordings with upcoming guests, as well as other opportunities to connect and learn together with us in real time. Including learning labs, member meetups, discussion boards, online courses, and our practitioner podcast. Go to gravityleadership.com slash commons to find out more. See you in the commons. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. My name is Matt Tebby, and I'm joined by two of my friends, Christy Penley and Ben Sternke. Hey y'all. Hi there. Hello, Matt. Hi, Christy. It's great to be with you today. Here we are. No. Here we are looking at each <laughs> other. Day. Hey, you know, sometimes yeah. yep. sometimes Happy when day. we do these podcasts, um, we talk about like what's coming up, what's coming next. And yeah. uh, I'm excited because this weekend, Christy and I are going to be in New York City. Woohoo! New York City. I haven't been to New York City in a long time. You know, I I'm haven't excited. either. I was just thinking about it the other day. I was thinking about New York. I'm yep. so sad that you're not going to be there, but you're going to be in, outside of Nashville. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's. You guys are going to be in New York doing what? T- t- well, tell us. Tell our listeners about it. It's a little gathering called Half the Church. You go to halfthechurch.net. You can see. Uh, but we're chatting about women and the church and women leading aside uh, alongside men. And Christy and I are going to yeah. be talking about that and leading a workshop, and it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm really excited. And we'll have like a booth space there, so you can come visit us and come say yeah. hi and. Yeah, it'll be it'll be loads of fun. I I am jealous that you get to go to New York uh, because I like New York, and uh, I am going in the opposite direction. At least from Indianapolis, mm-hmm. I'm going to Southern Missouri, um, which is you know as far as geography <laughs> goes, it's okay. You know, no shade to my Southern Missouri friends. Yeah, uh, but we're I'm going to be down there uh, facilitating an Enneagram transformation workshop for. A church that we've worked with uh, quite a bit, actually, over the last few years. Um, some lovely people that I uh, value highly, and so I'm mm-hmm. eager to mm-hmm. be, meet meet people down there. So if you're in the if you're in the New York area, um, look up halfthechurch.net. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. And if you're near Southern Missouri, um, look up. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, um, it's a it's an Enneagram transformation workshop. Yep. So yeah, come yeah. say hi. Come say hi. Come see yeah. us. Yeah, this is we're getting back out there. We're we're putting <sighs> Yeah. You know? It, it's it's new. It's like I I've, I've got to work out these Matt, you and I did a we did, we did a workshop uh what was it last weekend? Mm-hmm. I can't even remember now. Yeah. I think it was last weekend and I just I felt my muscles 
I f- you know, it's like when you work out after you haven't worked out in a while. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm remembering how to do this now. Yeah. Talk in front of people. Not, not, not into a microphone for a recording on a podcast, but oh, in front of a room of people. That's yeah. different. Right. Yeah. Before COVID, I was maybe speaking one or two times a month in different places. And mm. then COVID kind of like ended that. And in April, I had three different speaking engagements. And I was like looking at my calendar going, oh, my goodness, yeah. you guys, here we go. Here you go. Giddy up. I'm yep. excited. Dust off yeah. them pantsuits. Giddy up. I need to miss. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, uh, you know, we do on this podcast invite uh, listener interaction and questions and thoughts. And today we have uh, a listener who wrote to us. We're calling him Phil from Philly. He wrote to us about listening about uh, handling church conflict, church abuse. And and he wrote to us, we read, we're going to read his email here uh, on the podcast, but yeah. he basically was like, look, um, what about like pastoral leaders who don't realize that their presence and the way they embody power, that it's causing harm. What do you do? How do you love them? And I think mm-hmm. it's a great stinking question, Phil. And so we we sort of tackle that today and talk ab- yeah. about some, how do you love people who are in your life, who have a modicum or a domain of power, and they don't realize the way other people experience it? So we, we sort of talk around that today. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, a whole episode about it. So <laughs> yeah, if you just do, because if you, listener, dear listener, yeah, he wrote an email. Just because someone wrote to us, yeah. So if you, dear listener, have a question, um, feel free to write us. We take them, we read them all, we, and we take them take them all seriously. Podcast at gravityleadership dot com. We'll read your email, and you know, maybe do an episode. Who knows? Who knows? And now, who knows? Get ready. Yeah. Should we just get into it? Do we have anything else to say? No. We, we talked about the events. I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. Good. Just right. settle. Wear green on Thursday. That's my tip. Oh, that's right. Wear green on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Thursday is right. St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Well, my kids time. get St. Patrick's Day cereal, remember? That's right. Oh, oh yeah. We remember. <laughs> we right. remember all right. If this is all new to you, uh, listen to last week's episode. Uh, Christy yeah. talked about her, um, all the activities that she has planned yeah, for St. Patrick's things. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's my tip. Wear green on Thursday, Pro friends. Tip. Pro tip. Wear green on Thursday. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get in. Yeah. You're listening to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Once again, I'm Matt, joined by Christy. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. And Ben. Hi, guys. As Hello. usual. Gang's all here. Gang's all here. Gang's all here. We, uh, from time to time, actually once or twice an episode at least, we do invite your feedback and we give our email address out willy-nilly, like like we don't even care who emails Just, us. We put it out there yeah. for all to use and somebody mm-hmm. used it. Actually, a lot, lot of you use it and we <laughs> do email you back and say thank you. But this episode is about one particular email we got. We got an email from a listener who just started listening to our podcast and has been power listening through the podcast. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. While he walks his dog and like we got his permission, changed his and name sequentially, here. he said sequentially. This yeah. is the thing that impressed me is, is he's like, it's going to take a while for me to catch up. But he's like, he's, he's like a couple years away from from catching up. I don't know. He walks his dog every day and he's running, he said he's running out of episodes. So we got to keep push pumping these out. When you get to this one, he'll, he'll be like, Oh yeah, that's when they did that. Anywho, he says, uh, greetings. I am an elder at an old church in the Philadelphia area. So along with many of your guests, let me start by apologizing for being reformed. Now, let me say, okay, that's a, he's going to come back to this joke, and we need to address this. Uh, <laughs> let me say that I appreciate your sense of humor. Thank you. I am in the midst of considering leaving my church, where I've been an elder for over 20 years. It's been a hard process, but I'm realizing that I have a vision of church that is not mm. happening here, and I'm asking if maybe I'm called somewhere else. Mm. I've been listening to your podcast from the beginning, and I'm now somewhere in the 50s with the series on power. I really resonate with lots of what you say, other than the evils of Reformed theology. (laughs) Um, Okay, now we get into the meat of what he's talking about here. I was listening to the podcast Healing from Spiritual Abuse with Timothy Isaiah Cho and needed to do what you have suggested in many a podcast and ask myself why I was agitated. 
I agree with what was being said, but I was still feeling uncomfortable. I realized that it was because I have seen that with, quote, abusers or abusive leaders, we tend not to apply the truths of the previous podcast, Greg Boyd on practicing cruciform leadership. We do not ask the question, how do we love the, this person who is an abusive person? We do not give them the same love and grace afforded other sinners. Since we, live, since we live in the times we do, let me add some defensive explanations. I'm not saying do what others have done and keep it private and move them somewhere else in the denomination, etc. Sweep it under the rug. We need to bring it in the light, but also love the abusive person, not just fire them. We need to have an imagination for this, even this issue. I have found that abusive people are not always completely aware of their sin, just like regular sinners are not completely aware of their sin. They may not even realize that they are being abusive because what they are saying is truth. They're speaking the truth, but don't actually know how to love while doing it. Mm. We are actually dealing Mm. with such an issue as I write this in my church. It's complicated. It's subtle. It's Mm. messy. Mm-hmm. And then he concludes with this. I also must say that I am discovering that the systems of organization that we have set up are failing us miserably in dealing with this. We have failed more than a few victims because the system dropped them and gave them no place to be heard. Thanks for all you do. I look forward to the day that I will be listening to you almost live, though I will be sad when I am not listening to you daily. It is always a blessing as I walk my dog. Hmm. Sincerely, we're going to call him Phil. Phil from Philly. He's from Philly. Phil yep. from Philly. First of all, Phil from Philly, thank you so much for that. Yeah. yeah uh, letter email. I, I did edit it a little bit, um, got permission to do that. Also, let me just comment on the reform jokes. I think we're making <laughs> less now than we used to. Um, you know, it's interesting. I do. I do have a lot of great reform friends, and many reform people listen to this podcast. In fact, Christy and Ben and I are all licensed and ordained in reformed traditions. So, I think um, I think broadly reformed, yes. broadly, it, it, it's a good natured ribbing that sometimes maybe has a little trauma behind it. But I will say that uh, we probably have been too hard mm. on the reformed tradition. I just want to, all jokes aside, just own that. I think it comes sorry. particularly. Sorry, guys. Sorry, everybody. I think it comes particularly from my experience. I'll own this. And uh, I know that there are large reform platforms that uh, people tend to sync up to and latch onto as the voice for what it means to be a Christian in America. And a lot of people are having issues with that. So I think I'm trying to channel that. But I also, in 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 whatever way I've been uncharitable, I'm happy to hear specifics. Um, yeah. I just want to own that I think I have been uncharitable and maybe even maybe even condescendingly sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I know, listener, it might be hard to believe, but uh, I just want to own that. <laughs> so I think Phil from Philly comes by that honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, secondly, I want to just hear from Christy and Ben. What, it, what, what struck you from that letter? What are you noticing? What did you hear? Man, well, first of all, I heard him share from his own personal story of what's going on in his church, right? Mm. And it is difficult. It is messy. It is complicated. Yeah. And um, and I think he. it sounds like he's kind of asking, how do we tell the truth? Sounds like this person is telling the truth, but also love them. Mm. Um, and a lot of times it seems like we have to be doing one or the other. Yeah. Um, and so how do you calibrate both of those things together? And is there a place? Because I think a lot of times, especially when abuse is at the topic, right? Uh, my, my tendency is like, no, get it out of here. Stop it. Get it out of here. I don't have a lot of grace for that if I'm really mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. Um, and so what does it look like to be able to calibrate both grace and truth to love, to mm-hmm. love to love the abuser is kind of what I hear him asking. Yep. Ben, what yes. did you hear? Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's what I'm thinking. And you, you mentioned grace and truth, Christy, which is immediately where my mind uh, goes. I mean, this is a tool uh, that we use in our gravity leadership Academy training. 
uh, to talk about what it actually looks like to love people. Uh, because I, I, I do think we, we do carry around, I, I feel the struggle that Phil is narrating here. I feel that struggle of knowing that love is, is all, right? Love is, the, um, is what we're called to uh, as Christians. But then that gets married, I think, to a definition or a vision of love that we ha- that we've inherited from our you know just the world around us and the and the theologies and the different things that we've that that basically it equates to niceness yeah just and be so nice. like yeah loving and so somehow in our minds like holding an abuser accountable mm-hmm. sort of feels like something different than love but it, but in fact it is love yeah to hold an abuser accountable if somebody's being truly abusive it's not good for the the person being abused, obviously, right? I think we right. we sort of we're that's the wake up call that a lot of us are. I mean, and the church, you know, church too, like all of this stuff. Like, there's this wake up call to say, oh, this is abusive. It's not just like, oh, you know, boys will be boys. Like, we have to stop this. We have to we have to stop this abuse. That so abuse is not good for those being abused, but also abuse is is also terrible for those who abuse. It's terrible for them. It, it, it's dehumanizing. It's, it's just awful. Yeah. And so the act of love would be to hold them accountable for their abuse, you know, like that, that is love. And so I think sometimes we have trouble connecting those dots. Um, I, I have a lot of other thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think part of it is, um, part of it is oftentimes our only imagination for how to stick up for those who are being abused is to sort of vilify, call out, and sort of cast out the abuser. Mm. Mm. And so I think that's where that's where I hear Phil struggling and is like, well, wait, that like that doesn't feel faithful to just like, you know, just cast them out. Yeah. Like, but but how do we hold them accountable in a way that, you know, that actually honors their humanity? Yes. Um, yeah, because when you're saying that, Ben, there's part of me that's like, well. And and I don't know what kind of abuse Phil's talking about either, right? Somehow, sure, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know if that changes was, it for the other listeners. But it, he was commenting on the, the episode we did. This was uh, years ago with uh, Timothy Cho on spiritual abuse. So he's talking okay. about something very specific there. Yep. Okay. Because I mean, as a as a kid pastor, right? If if I find out about an abuser, a sexual abuser oh, within yeah, a yeah. church context, I'm like, right. you're out of here. Right. And, and and I want you to be in a community that's going to love you and accept you and, and not accept what he, they do, but like love you sure. and come alongside of you. And, and I want holding, wholeness and healing for that person. But I do not want them to have access to the kids in my church. Yeah. Right? Well, and you shouldn't. And I, so, I think that's, that's, that's loving. Right. Right. right yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. for, and, and so in spiritual abuse, I, I don't know if it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's any different in my heart, if I'm really honest. Um, well, yeah, I, I think that's right, Christy. I think there is, I mean, every situation is contextual, right? But I think there is a sense in which you, you have to, you know, I, 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 I have had experiences that I don't know if they're technically spiritual abuse, but they're definitely in this, on the spectrum <laughs> of abusive. Um, and I, I can remember, you know, for a long time, not like it was not good for me for my functioning to to be around this person yeah right um and so so i think there is there is something to that but i think i think the the thing that i hear phil objecting to or having questions about is perhaps this you know like the worst of what we might call cancel culture like it's just like this like all we have for this person now is like hate or like vilification mm-hmm. or separation, that kind of a thing, rather mm-hmm. than being able to sort of uphold their humanity while setting appropriate boundaries, right? Yeah. Yep. I did hear Phil in the letter communicate something about like maybe the abuser doesn't even know that they're abusing, kind mm-hmm. of alluded to that. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think yeah. – you know, there are places, and I'm saying myself included, where we are just blind. We don't mm-hmm. know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And unless somebody lovingly brings that to our attention, 
we will stay blind. Mm -hmm. But the person bringing that to the abuser's attention, wow, that is hard. And that takes like real, like real thought, real compassion, real connection, real like Mm -hmm. strength, I think. And probably not by themselves. Yeah. So, of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, maybe we can get into, I have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. And one of my thoughts gets to that comment that Phil made about sometimes abusive people are being accused of abuse and they don't see it like that. They don't recognize it as abuse. I think that um, that is a question. Like, what is abuse? Is Is screaming at someone abuse? Yes. Okay. Now let's let's back up. Is my two-year-old screaming at me abuse? No. Right. It's a two-year-old being a two-year-old. Is me as a 45-year-old screaming at my two-year-old abuse? Yes. Yes. What that reveals is we have to, have to, have to see power in Mm -hmm. how it works. Mm-hmm. We get this, we get this in like parent-child relationships. We get right. the power dynamics. We know that a uh, uh, an eight-year-old girl um, shoving her daddy away is different than a daddy shoving his daughter into a wall. Right. We get that, okay? I'm working from the thing that most of us get where we do see power, where we right, make right. moral judgments based on power to an arena like the church where the pastor has power and she or he is using power in good ways, but mm-hmm. also maybe in abusive ways, and yeah. how that is different because of the power they hold. Yep. Correct. Yeah. So a congregant yelling at a pastor doesn't cause the same harm, moral injury, as a pastor shouting at a congregant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Yeah. And I think that we don't usually have that conversation. We don't know what to do with it. What we want to do is we want to put um, right that congregant and that pastor on the same plane in Matthew 18 them. And right. I don't think that's sufficient to handle it. So the first thing I would say is, mm. I think Phil is pointing out something. Most of us don't can't agree what abuse is. And sometimes that's because we can't see power and how that matters. To what counts as abuse. Hi, my name is Jill Brown and I'm from Midland, Texas. I have been in a gravity leadership cohort for the past year and a half. I am not employed by a church, but I was interested in spiritual transformation, so I decided to join a group. At times, my life had felt like I was operating out of a fragmented, achievement-driven, broken place. But during these weekly Zoom calls, the gravity training has helped me integrate and embody God's love in my life, and I have a greater sense of this wholeness to share with others. If you've ever felt like there was something missing in your understanding of God, or if you are curious about how God shows up in your everyday life, check out Gravity Leadership and see if it's for you. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com slash academy. We, we've been talking about it a bit on the podcast, um, but it, it's important to name, I think, because oftentimes, like you're saying, if I, if I don't see my behavior as abusive, I just see it as like strong leadership, for example, or, or, or whatever, that, that helping people see power is actually a really important part of this. Yeah, it's it's actually really important um, to understand the difference between, yeah, someone with power leveraging that power to coerce someone else, mm-hmm. versus someone with relatively less power, kind of raging against the machine. Or, you know, um, yes, Sarah. What's her last name? Shulman. McDougal. No, we have lots oh, of Sarahs not, in our lives. Well, there are lots Sarah of, Schulman. She hasn't Sarah been on, Schulman. Sarah Schulman. She's not been on the podcast, but she wrote a book called "Conflict Is Not Abuse" that outlines some of these dynamics. Um, yes, where and and you know, so someone sort of protesting their 
powerless condition um, is different than someone with power keeping that person in a powerless condition. But in the minds of the oppressor and the like in, in the mind of the oppressor, there's actually a calculus that that is the opposite of that. And so they feel abused when actually they're just experiencing conflict. Someone is someone is objecting Opposing. to the condition that they're in. And yeah. that feels like abuse if you can't see power and don't understand that you actually have the power well, in this situation. It, it seems like in those types of situations, even if it's conflict, there's no abuse happening, but there's conflict happening. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to name the power dynamics that are at play, even in the conflict, yeah. even yes, if it's not absolutely. abuse. So yeah. recently I was in a, in a meeting and it was with three men and we were talking mm-hmm. about a conflict. And at the very beginning of the meeting, I just said, hey, I just want to name the fact that I am a woman in this room of men and we're, we're talking about gender. <laughs> like even the topic. The, yeah. Yeah, that was the topic. Yeah. And I was like, and, and it was conflict. And, and I was thinking... I I just think it's important to name it so that everybody's on the same page. Yeah, right. like here I am kind of by myself and you're asking me my opinion about some things. And that's intimidating to yes. be in a room of men. Yep. Chrissy, you're a baller. Yep. It takes such to do, to do guts that. and fierceness to do that with guys who you may have conflict with, yep. who may have power that you don't have, but just in terms of gender, but also whatever else is going on. So yeah, that's that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, you yeah. got to name it. Um, I think the second thing is then uh, not only do we not see power, so we can't tell what abuse is, but we actually call a we actually call injurious, harmful, abusive things good. Tell mm. me more about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that we had a Marcel podcast recently, and we talked yeah. about how for over a decade, Mark Driscoll was celebrated as a strong powerful, godly, uh, decisive, influential leader who had some character things. Yeah. People got saved. The church was growing. And what we're waking up to, I think we're putting language to things that we didn't have language for before, but Mm. there was some awful shaming, awful uh, impugning of motives, manipulative, controlling, coercive, um, uh, backbiting, gossip, slandering, Right. Um, all kinds of ugly stuff that no one in that system, because Mark held a lot of power, could name as abuse as it was happening to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of them actually were drawn, you know, draw, they've said this in their own words, where I was drawn to the magnetism, the charisma, the force, the power. People listened to him. He got things done. He made things happen. And so we, one of the things that's shaking out with Mars Hill is, oh, wait, those are actually, actually, psychologists like have like diagnoses for these things. This is mm-hmm. this is actually awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a reason yeah. I feel bad when this happens to me. It's because it is bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think the second thing is, I mean, Mark is sort of a, so I use the parent-child relation for the power to move from something we can agree on to something that's less clear. I think Mark Driscoll, most of our listeners can agree, like there was some really bad toxic leadership happening there. But what's happening in local churches is often, often sometimes less clear. So, for instance, the leader themselves that Phil's talking about might be getting accused of abuse, abusive leadership, and the leader themselves might go, "That's not abuse. That's good leadership. I'm a good leader, and you're you have a rebellious spirit, or you just want to hear the truth, or you want somebody to come, you want somebody to coddle you. You know what I mean? Or like ten thousand other things. And so I think the second thing is we just can't even agree on mm-hmm. <laughs> what kind of power should a leader carry in the church, and what shape does that power look like? Uh, there's always a con- there's always a context, you know, to any of these any of these questions, and I think it's it's important. Like you were saying earlier, Christy, it's actually really important to know the context of what are the power dynamics in this specific situation because only only after we examine those things and look at okay well what did what did he say and what did what did she say and what you know what I mean like what happened only until we can get to what what actually happened and explore the power dynamics can we understand whether there's conflict or there's abuse right and so i i think that there is a i think there is a knee jerk 
defensiveness that powerful people have when they see this dialogue and this discourse about about power dynamics, I think there's a knee-jerk defensiveness that a lot of people have to to jump to a hypothetical scenario where they are, you know, unfairly accused or yeah. you know that that kind of a thing. Can um, I? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Can I give an example of this? Like, a, I'm sorry, yeah. I mean, to cut yeah, you yeah. off, Ben. If you want to no, finish, that's, no, that that would be helpful. Probably. I was I was a younger man. I was young and and foolish. And uh, perhaps, uh, as the story will show, uh, slightly wicked. I was in a ongoing, behind-the-scenes, kind of not direct, but like a passive-aggressive conflict with the elders of my church. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decided to change a policy in our church that, di- that, that directly impacted me for the staff— and they delivered it through our secretary and staff meeting, a female yeah. administrative assistant. Okay, okay. And as soon as she started talking, I realized what was happening. I realized this isn't her talking. This is the elders doing this thing. And this conflict between me and the elders, she became the head of the spear coming at me. And I responded mm-hmm. with intensity and mm-hmm. anger, and I sort of asked her four or five questions. Very, You know how intense I can be. Very mm-hmm. intense, very angry, very pointed, very upset. It wasn't until I saw tears in her eyes that I realized I'm giving her way more heat than I should be. Mm. Didn't even didn't yeah. even realize didn't even yeah. occur to me that I was right. mistreating this woman in public in a meeting. Uh, because I was so upset and sort of like reactive to this other conflict that was playing out here in front of us. Right. Um. Anyway. Yeah. After the meeting, went to her. So I'm very sorry. I lost my temper with you. This isn't your fault. I think I sat with her for ten or twenty minutes, apologizing. Um. I never apologized to the staff. At the time. I was unable to see how my position at the church and my gender in yeah. that room made what I just did not just a mistake, mm-hmm. not just conflict, but that was an abusive thing I did to her. Right. I, I committed a relational transgression that I, and, and I could not undo it with an apology. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to get to more of this in a bit, but I guess I'm putting flesh on this saying, at the time, me being upset, me being passionate, me having a great, I mean, I had a really good argument for why this was a bad move by our church. None of mm-hmm. it mattered, Ben. Mm-hmm. None of it mattered. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense, you sort of shot, you shot your great argument in the foot, right? <laughs> well, the argument, the argument wasn't the victim there. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Right. She was the right. Well, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's maybe worth also noting that Christy, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, lost her internet connection well, right in the middle of this podcast recording. So um, that's why. Thank you, Colorado <laughs> that's Springs. Why, that's that's why Matt and I are talking about her question. She she may be able to log back in, but uh, listeners, I just wanted to let you know yep. uh, that her conspicuous silence is uh, there for a reason. So I, I offer that as an example, Ben, of what we're talking about here. Like, yes. I think I think me, look, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands of male leaders have at one point felt righteous indignation, passionate, yeah. intense, that there was some violation or some wrong being done to them mm-hmm. or to somebody else, and mm-hmm. what I would call powered up on somebody like that. Right. Powered up on them. Right. And I would say, uh, this happened to me 15 years ago. 15 years ago, I could not see that as, uh, I saw it as a mistake. I saw mm-hmm. it as something to ask for forgiveness for. I didn't yeah. see it as a misuse of power. Yes. Which which makes yeah. it abuse. Yes, yes. And can I um, extend that one more place? Mm-hmm. I think 15 years later, I'm beginning to see how that is, but there are still thousands and thousands of people who yes. don't see that as yeah. a misuse of power and abuse. Mm-hmm. That's what I mm-hmm. want to say. 
Yes. Yes, I think that's right. So there's a definitional uh, question here. Um, but I think there's also that, that knee-jerk defensiveness as well, to, to worry about the most extreme thing that might happen, right? If I don't hold on to this ability to kind of, <laughs> you know, um, use my power uh, in ways that I anticipate I might need to, you know? Right. to defend myself against unjust accusations well, and that's, all that kind of thing. So. That, that's just it. I felt like I was losing power. Mm. Somebody else was winning. Yeah. I was losing power, which if you yes. listen, by the way, if you listen to people who oppose survivor-centric trauma-informed investigations, they say it's because the accused won't get a fair, quote, trial. It's, right. it's, not a, it's about power. And they're yes. actually, actually, some of this pushback is correct. Not, mm-hmm. not that they won't get a fair trial, but the power gets tilted away from where it's always tilted, and it gets yes. tilted towards the people who've been who are who are yeah. contending for harm and abuse that has happened. Yes, people who are powerful people who don't have power on their side get scared spitless when that happens. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I think you know the old uh, quote. It's not that old, but uh, I've heard a number <laughs> of people say it. Um, that when you are accustomed to having power, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, equality feels like oppression. Equality <laughs> can feel like oppression because you just you just don't understand that you've you know you you've weighed 200 more pounds than everybody else in the room. Yes. To, to uh, metaphorically speaking, right? Yes. You just don't understand that you losing this power. Number one is actually creating equality and fairness and justice, perhaps. Um, but also you losing this power might be the, like, it might be great for you. Mm. It yeah. might be really good for you. It could teach you a whole new way of relating to people. You might not have to, like, rely on that anymore. You could actually hold an open hand and name what you want and, and submit I wonder yourself if, to people. Okay, that's the way into the third point I wanted to make, Ben. Okay. Which is... Uh, we have to learn how to see like, like, like what is abuse, how mm-hmm. power, positional power, relational power entails that. And then what is the kingdom of God? How mm. does the kingdom of God change the way we conceive of power, how it's carried, what it's for? Mm-hmm. Right? And you mentioned like coming alongside, coming underneath. I would say that the world defines power as the power to control and right. coerce and get what you mm-hmm. want. I would say the kingdom of God talks mm-hmm. about power as the power to love, the power to mm-hmm. serve, the power to uh, empower and lay down your life for somebody else's flourishing. Yes. And so the third thing I want to say here is um, w- w- a, a part of reckoning with this wrong is getting getting our minds around and our our churches and our bodies centered in what actually is the power that runs the universe? And is it, mm. is it you getting your way with the elders? <laughs> <laughs> or is it a crucified and risen Jesus? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think then we're back to, then we're back to his, his juxtaposition, Phil's juxtaposition in this email was the spiritual abuse, the issue of spiritual abuse versus cruciform Leadership, yes. you know, cruciform power. Yes, and I think that's that's a great that's a good way of connecting those two things. That 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 actually is our call um, is is to embrace the power of love, the power of the cross, um, and le- and leave behind every other definition of power. So, yes. like, when if I can leave behind my desire to control things, I think I think the fear that a lot of you mentioned um, people who oppose trauma centered. Um, investigations for abuse allegations and things like that. And oftentimes what I see in their responses is, um, is the fear of losing power, but also the assumption that if I allow this to happen, someone else is going to come in here and take this power to control things that I've had and they're going to use it against me. Yes. And so the imaginative gridlock is the only thing that power is and the only way that power works is it is the power to control and I can't give that up because you know these people are going to come for me yeah. they're going to obviously take up this there's this lack of imagination about 
just love and what love might do, you know, yes. like what the power of love might do in this situation. Maybe it wouldn't try to control. Can I get, can I get preachy for a second? Welcome back, Christy. Welcome back. How was your Christy, little hiatus we, in the middle of the podcast? Did you treat yourself? <laughs> must be nice. Must be I nice hate, to be able to I take a break right in the middle of a podcast. Oh my gosh. Let's, <laughs> it's a love, love, hate relationship uh, with the internet. Get um, preachy with us. No, Tell this, us. This, Preach um, to us. Listen, um, this is, so what we're talking about is repenting of the power, the conceptualization of power that crucified Jesus. Mm-hmm. The logic that most of us operate in that conceives of power, that is operative in these situations, is the same logic that led people to think killing God was a good idea. Listen, what are we going to do? The Pharisees said at their council. This is John chapter 11. Jesus is doing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our people. Mm-hmm. One of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, told them, y'all are idiots. You don't see it's better for you that one man die than for the people, for the people, rather than the whole nation to be destroyed. Right? The good thing Jesus was doing threatened their power to the degree that they had to kill the good thing. This is the satanic power that lives, I think, in each of us and Mm. in our church systems and Mm -hmm. creates, I think, difficulties when we're dealing with abuse allegations because we don't want the Romans to come and take our power. Yeah. Yeah. I have one I have one I'll more hold thing. On to it we, for dear life. Sorry, y'all. I'm I feel passionate about this. The final thing is, I think Phil from Philly, we haven't forgot about you, Phil. Mm-hmm. He uh he asked, how do we love the person who's accused of abuse? And I just want to say, Phil, that person has to want to be loved. Mm-hmm. That person has to want love, which means that person has to want to lay down their lives f- for his friends. That person has to want to take allegations against them seriously. That person has to want to um, understand that the best thing that could happen to them is that they would be able to repent, to recant of wrong, to repair wrongdoing, to to reconcile with people. I think far too often people who get accused of wrongdoing, they actually don't want to be loved in that situation. They want to be right and protected. Yeah. Vindicated. Yeah. They want to be vindicated, yeah. not loved. And yeah. I, I think I think um so I, I just think I would say that um Phil, like the situation you're dealing with, the person who's getting allegations. I mean, Ben and I are new at this. Christy, I, I know you are too. But Ben and I are trying to talk about this with our church. And I've said a yeah. few times, I think it's made Ben uncomfortable, but that's not. That's really not all that, all, all that odd, actually. Uh, I've said a few <laughs> times to our church, if somebody accuses any leader here of wrongdoing, you must take it seriously. It must be reported. And that person will submit to a full survivor-centric investigation. It just, there's no, yeah. you have to hear that from me. Even if it's the person that you think couldn't do any harm, we are taking everything seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, and you know for what it's worth, Matt, that, I mean, I'm fully on board. So I don't want to give our listeners the. You know, that, uh, the that did impression. sound like it might have been a little weird. <laughs> I just, I tend to, I tend I'm not to like, for that. I know, I know you are. I tend to say yeah. things a little more starkly and baldly than maybe you would have been. That's what I was trying mm-hmm. to refer to. Okay. Oh, I see. Not that you're not for that. <laughs> Go ahead, Christy. But do you know what? You guys both standing up for that mm-hmm. is important. I think uh, somebody recently asked me, like, what's what's your relationship with power like? Hmm. And I've been kind of chewing on that mm. in, like, lots of different areas of my life. Um, but actually, like, right after we're recording this this podcast, um, I, I see a counselor every week. And it's great. It's like real good stuff is happening there. But part of it is because, and I think I've mentioned this on podcasts before, but um, there's abuse in in my background. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. because of that, the way that I see power is really skewed because there has been abuse. And what does it look like to have a healthy um, imagination, like 
for people like you who are in power at a church to say, if there is any kind of accusation, there will be investigation is so good for me on the other side of it to hear somebody say like, no, we're taking this seriously. Um, and and we need we need more leaders mm. like within the church and even outside the church to stand up and say no like we're not afraid to actually have an investigation yeah 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 what what else would we want why why wouldn't we want it you know what i mean right. like if 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 i am unjustly accused as a leader yeah i why wouldn't i want the truth to come out mm-hmm. you know like I, f- like, I feel that. Like, I, I would want to be loved in that situation, but I also would want the truth to come out, right? For, and if for, I am being falsely, yes, like, that person falsely accusing me, they need to be cared for, too. Obviously, something's going on there. Yes. If it's completely right. false, like, well, my goodness, let's care for them, too. What's going on? Yes. But let's let the truth come out, right. you know? And, and there's got to be an asterisk here, maybe a bolded asterisk in giant letters, and that's this. The vast majority of sexual assault sexual abuse, verbal, emotional, physical abuse cases do not get reported. Right. They don't ever get talked about or reported. Then Mm -hmm. the bolded and larger all caps is the vast majority that do get reported are true. Yes. Because of the cultural, social, emotional, relational, spiritual cost of bringing Mm -hmm. your shame into the light and becoming the pariah who's bringing down the great man who yelled at you that one time, why don't you just forgive him? Were you trying to hit on him? Are you you trying to ruin his marriage? It is such a cost to name this publicly that that very few cases end up being... Uh, false accusations. So even to yeah. mention false accusations in this conversation, I want right. to punctuate that. Yeah. Uh, th- it's very rare. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's really important to name um, that it's very rare. It it relates, I think, to common fears. And you, you kind of brought this up too, uh, Christy, but it relates to common fears um, that we have about these things, that powerful people have about these things. So I think both of those things are really uh, helpful to name. Yeah. So. Yes, man, we could talk about this for oh my gosh, for another I'm just hour. getting going. I got my hair, yeah. I got my dander up, is what they say. Mm. I don't know who they is. But. Yeah, it's important. I'm glad Phil wrote us the letter, Thanks, and um, yeah, thank you so much, Phil. Um, yeah. Can I just say one final thing? I'm sorry. One, just one final yeah. thing. Um, how do we love the person who's an abusive person? We tell them uh, the way to walk through this is to um, do what Jesus did. Listen, mm-hmm. listen to your accusers. Get it, let's get an impartial investigation. Let's get the truth to come out. Yeah. Like if you yeah. need to recant, repent, and repair and reconcile, then I want it, I want you to do that. If this person in some small statistical category is falsely accusing you, oh, they need help. Yeah. And I want to walk with you to lay down your life for for him or for her. Mm-hmm. They need help. Yeah. Right? And our church can learn about yeah. your love and your humility and we'll support you and we'll give you whatever you need. I'm I'm just going to say like it's not just say you're sorry and move on. Right. That's right. Yeah. We don't understand yeah. repentance when it comes to this stuff. We need to recant publicly. We need mm-hmm. to repair, make reparations. What does that mean? Well, it's probably physical, emotional, relational, it takes time. It might even take some of your money. Make reparations mm-hmm. and then and then at some point Reconciliation may happen, but it's not up to you if it yeah. does. And and there's tons of confusion about, you know, too many leaders, I think, who are caught or who are guilty, get on a platform, make some kind of apology, and think that has, we've repented. And that is not getting out of a tree, inviting Jesus to lunch, and giving away f- four times of more than you than you have. Than you've taken. Mm-hmm. That is not yeah. repentance. So I just want to be clear about that as we leave. Yeah. 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 We need to get out of here. Phil from Philly, thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with our C minus reform jokes. And thank you mm-hmm. for uh, the work you're trying to do in your church to create yeah. a healthy system and to create uh, a place of life and flourishing for everyone. So mm-hmm. until next time. Blessings, y'all. 
peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful or enjoyable, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you can join our Gravity community online for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as our email most Fridays with curated links to articles we find interesting and helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our podcast is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sternke edits and mixes the show. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.